Welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well. This week, today, this week, it's episode 200. We made it to 200 somehow, some way. We're here. I remember a couple years ago, we did our 100th episode on Facebook Live. It, me, Jace, Peter, Matt, Peter picked a new team via a wheel. I can't believe it's already been a couple years since we did that. And now we're here. We're at 200, and uh, again, somehow, some way, we're still rolling along now. The 200th episode, going to be a little bit different. It's just going to be me. Schedules weren't able to work out with the guys this week. So instead, I'm going to be flying solo on this one. But nonetheless, we made the 200, and we're going to be kicking off the 200s, talking about what we've been talking about the last couple weeks. Football season is in full swing. The MLB season, if you take a look at it, is shortly wrapping up. And the home state team, one of them at least, the St. Louis Cardinals, have been on a tear recently. Winning 10, 11 straight games. And looking like they are sitting in that spot firmly for the second wildcard spot. They're not going to catch the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers, <laughs> I mean, they might be a wildcard team that has 100 wins. It could be them, it could be the Giants. There's still a lot of baseball left to be played, but not too much. As the season is coming to a close here pretty rapidly, the regular season that is. So, everything everything's coming to a head here. We got baseball season wrapping up, football season's getting into the swing of things. Before you know it, we'll be talking about basketball here soon. Probably by, I don't know, maybe this time next month, uh, we'll be talking about basketball maybe i'll get charles on and we'll talk some nba i know it's been a while since we've had him on so maybe we'll get together and talk about this upcoming season and some of our thoughts on what's going to go down this season it looks like the sixers are going to be without ben simmons it looks like he is not going to be staying with the sixers he does he does not want to be there he wants to be traded so that we'll see if he gets traded by this by the time we talk about nba previews or if he's still with the Sixers, and how's that going to impact the Sixers if that if he's still there? Is that going to impact the locker room and all that good stuff? So, everything's coming up pretty quickly. All that stuff, hockey's coming coming back here pretty soon. All the sports are are going to be here. You know, this time last year, I remember you guys probably do, do too. It was a uh, it, it it was good good to just at least see probably preseason football back, uh, or at least uh, well, now that I think of it, no preseason football. But I think we were just at least glad to see a football game, even if there weren't any fans in the stadiums. This year, depend depending on how you feel about it, the stands are, are full. It, I mean, it looks cool, but again, you know, it, a lot of stuff going into that, but. All the sports are going full head on right now, and uh, it's going to be a fun time here, kicking off the 200s, and speaking of kickoff, let's talk about football, and let's talk about the NFL. Let's start with the NFL this week. I think we'll, we'll switch it up every week, and we'll talk about NFL first, and then we'll talk about college first uh, next week, so maybe we'll, we'll switch it around every now and then. Uh... So, let's talk about the NFL here in week number 
two. Let's start off there. Some takeaways for week number two that were uh, that were pretty uh, worth mentioning. I think we got to start off with the amount of injuries that we saw happen in week two. Like I don't know about you guys, but I I saw a lot of injuries that that were pr- pretty impactful that could uh, could affect a couple teams. You saw Tua get hurt. He's not going to be starting this week, so you're hopeful if you're Miami, you can get him back here pretty quickly. You have Andy Dalton going out for the Bears. Now, initially, I thought that injury was just, you know, it's okay, it's fine, he's going to come back in, but he's going to be out, and Justin Fields is going to get the shot this week, his first career start. I mean, if you look at it, the rookie quarterbacks are making themselves known right now. Mac Jones is, of course, starting. With the Patriots, now you got Fields making his first start. Train Lance didn't make an appearance in week one, although he hasn't started yet. He did throw his first touchdown pass, so that's got to count for something. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, they have shown their struggles, especially Zach Wilson this past week. He he struggled a, a whole lot against the New England defense. And so, this is the life of a rookie quarterback. You're going to have your highs, and then you're going to have your lows, and sometimes the lows are extremely low. Again, Zach Wilson throwing, what, three, four picks against New England. So there's going to be some exciting moments. There's going to be some uh, moments like you see the potential there, but then there are also going to be games and moments like you have with Zach Wilson last week. Trevor Lawrence has kind of struggled a bit in Jacksonville so far. But you're seeing the rookies. They're making themselves known. And, you know, I, another rookie I just saw, David Davis Mills. Uh, David Mills, or I think that's his name. Uh, the quarterback for the rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. Tyrod's out this week. He's going to get the start. And of course, the Texans are still not they're still not playing Deshaun Watson because of his ongoing situation, which I don't know when that's ever going to get resolved. So he's now starting. So you're seeing the rookie quarterbacks. Making themselves known here—that's a takeaway, uh, along with the amount of injuries that have happened that happened in week two, uh, that were pretty significant. I think another takeaway that I think you have to look at is probably what's going on in in Carolina. I know we talked about Carolina in the NFL and, and when we were doing the previews when we talked about the NFC South. We talked about. Carolina, can Darnold get adjusted to Joe Brady's offense? What would he look like in his in this offense with weapons like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, and at least a solid offensive line compared to what he had with the Jets for a long time? And also, you had a lot of young stars on defense. Brian Burns, Yeter Gross Mateos, uh, Jeremy Chin. There, there's a couple others I'm missing. J.C. Horn, who they drafted this year. You got a lot of young players on that defense. Are they going to be able to gel quickly here to really kind of establish a tone for what this Carolina defense is going to be going forward? And right now through the first two weeks, they're looking pretty good. Sam Darnold is looking pretty good in this offense. From what I have read, he's making smart decisions in these games. He's only got one pick, but he's thrown for a lot of yards. 
He's a his completion percentage is pretty good, 68.5 percent. So that's not too bad to start out the season. His keeping rating is pretty good. He's got he's thrown for almost 600 yards so far, uh, doing uh, pretty well with uh, an eight yard average on those passes. So. So far, so good for with the Sam Darnold experiment. Of course, we're going to see how well this is going to continue over the course of the rest of the season, over the rest of the 15 games. But so far, so good for Carolina. I think a couple other things, another team that's uh, that's kind of eye-opening right now. Denver. I kind of slept on Denver. I, I no. In the group chat, me, Peter, and Matt, I think we were talking about fantasy. And I think Jerry Judy got brought up. And, of course, he's out right now. But we were talking about the Broncos. I kind of thought, well, I think the Broncos are going to be a team that's probably going to be last in the AFC West. And right now, they are looking pretty good. Now, Bradley Chubb is out. So, that's not going to be good for the Broncos' defense. Right side, though, Vaughn Miller still looks like a beast, so that helps. Also, Teddy Bridgewater's bringing real quality leadership to that Denver Broncos locker room. I saw a clip of Teddy and Vaughn talking about that, I think, in week one, where Teddy showed real leadership and Vaughn was saying we hadn't had, we, we have not had that since Peyton Manning was here. And so... It can you can tell Teddy is having an effect on this team right now, and so far he's doing pretty well. He threw for 328 yards in their in their game last week against the Jaguars. Now again, it's the Jaguars. Uh, now and looking at it, Broncos are going to clean up sacks. They've allowed five sacks through first couple games, three last week at Jacksonville. But other than that. The completion, uh, the completions and attempts from the first two weeks are about the same. Threw for two sixty four in week one, three twenty eight last week. His completion percentage is hovering around that seventy six seventy seven percent area, and so far he's doing really good. Four touchdowns, no picks. Quarterback rating is pretty good. Everything's looking pretty good for Teddy right now. He, he he's doing really good again. No picks. And he's showing real leadership there. And so maybe the Broncos aren't going to be as bad as I initially thought. Again, 15 games left, but not too shabby. Another team from the AFC West that's actually done really good here. The Raiders. We got to talk about the Raiders. They go into Pittsburgh last week. And they knock off the Steelers. Derek Carr, he got banged up in that game. He got banged up and... I was kind of worried, and, and they start to mention Nathan Peterman. I was like, oh, man, are we about to get the Peterman? So, I'm like, oh, man, if that's the case, that maybe the Steelers are going to find a way to win this. But Derek Carr stays in, and uh, he, he it was a phenomenal performance from him. And really, the Raiders, I don't think, win this game unless he gets hurt, and you have Peterman come in, and then the Raiders come in and Went at home. And then it becomes like an okay, expected home win for the Steelers. But so far, Derek Carr has been amazing. Like, in this game against the Steelers, I mean, holy crap. 
382 through the air, 28 to 37, that's 75.7%. That's really, really good. And the average completion is high up there as well. It's 10.3. And QBR is looking good. Quarterback rating is looking good. I mean, everything's looking good right now for Derek Carr right now. Two touchdowns. He did have the one pick at versus Baltimore last week. And so, this, so the Raiders, first two weeks, they knock off a couple AFC North teams. And a couple gritty wins. Here in the last couple weeks. You got the gritty win on Monday night last week. On a short week. You go to Pittsburgh. And you beat the Steelers at, at their place. And you start out 2-0. So right now it looks like the AFC West and the NFC West. They're looking like. There's a lot of similarities between these two divisions right now. Because right now. Both of these. Both of these divisions. They're looking pretty stacked right now. Now, of course, you have the Seahawks take a loss. You have the Chargers take a loss in week number two. The Chiefs took a loss to Baltimore. But still, I don't think you expect uh, some of those teams that took a loss in week two to stay down. I think some of them are going to bounce back this week. But, I mean, let me tell you what. Props to the Raiders. Props to the Broncos for making things interesting here in the first couple weeks here in the AFC West. And uh, I... I think if you told anybody through the first two weeks that probably the Raiders and the Broncos would be atop this division, I think you'd be kind of shocked. I I know the Chiefs and Ravens game, I mean, that could go either way. And with the Ravens' way, unfortunately for Rebecca, but for Matt, good for him. But I, I think, you know, it's a toss-up game. So it, you probably expect that at worst-case scenario, the Chiefs were going to end up at 1-1. And then you had the Chargers come in and they lose to Dallas on a last second field goal by Greg the Legs Erline. And I mean, I think if you're a Raiders and Broncos fan, you have got to be happy right now with how your team's performing through the first two weeks of the season. This is exactly what you want to see if you're a fan of one of those teams. So I think out of all those takeaways, let's move on and talk about some of the games we picked. Of course, some of the games we picked. I think we've already talked about some of the teams involved, like the Raiders being the Steelers. We talked about that. Raiders, I picked them. So there we go. Giants against Washington. Picked Washington to win this game. And you know what? Taylor Heineke, you know, props to him for uh, for coming in here and starting and doing pretty well. Put up 30, 336 passing yards in this game. Terry McLaurin. I don't know what else you can say about him. This dude is... A really good wide receiver in this league. And Washington wins at last second, 30-29. Then we have the Rams at the Colts. And Carson Wentz, that's another thing uh, that happened with the with injuries. Carson Wentz gets a little bit banged up and sprains both his ankles this week. Sprains both of them, not just one of them. And, but anyway, the Rams come in. They knock off the Colts 27-24. A little bit closer game. Uh, Looked like the Rams were doing pretty good and the Colts find a way to come back. Uh, Cooper Cup has been outstanding through these first couple weeks. I mean, not even just fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise, he's been awesome. And the actual first couple weeks, he's been awesome as well, putting up 163 yards and a couple touchdowns. 
he's been really good here to start off the season. And Matthew Stafford, I'm sure, is glad to have a weapon like him in this offense. But the Rams move on 2-0, so pick that game. Got that one right. Bills at Dolphins. We talked about Tua getting knocked out. You have Jacoby Brissett. I'll be interested to see how Brissett does and, and what happens with Tua and how long he's out. But the Bills, nice bounce back win to get them to one and one Josh Allen looked great. Looked like what we expected him to do. And the, the Bills defense looked pretty good too uh, with how well they performed and they win 35-0. So much needed win for them after what happened against the Steelers last week. 49ers at Eagles. The 49ers end up winning this game. I didn't really keep up much with that game, but I think Jalen Hurts has proven that that he's he's doing doing pretty well so far in the first couple weeks. Obviously, a close loss this week against the Niners. The Niners they have a stout defense. He got some guys coming back. Nick Bosa, who's coming back. The Jalen Hurts not too bad in his first couple starts here of the season. And this game threw for 190, rushed for 82. I think he had a big touchdown that was called back. Or I think he had a big touchdown and they uh or a big play and I think they didn't score and they had to get and kick like a field goal or something. But so far, not too bad. Three touchdowns, no picks. That is what you want if you're the Eagles. Completion percentage, not too bad. The sixty hovering around that sixty-seven percent mark so far of the of the season after the first two games. Obviously, a little bit tougher this week, fifty-two point two percent, and no touchdowns here. But so far, he's not doing too bad. And rushing stats looking pretty good. Rushed for sixty-two yards last week, and then against the Forty ers eighty-two yards on ten attempts. So. Not too bad here for Jalen Hurts here the first couple starts. All right, the next game that we're heading to, Saints and Panthers. I picked the Saints. Props to the Panthers again for coming out and absolutely destroying the Saints and and doing a really good job of being the 26-7 against Sam Darnold, 305 through the air. McCaffrey, 72 yards rushing. DJ Moore, 79 yards through <laughs> catching through the air. Uh, or receiving rather, so not too bad here from Karen uh, for Carolina. Next game, Cowboys at Chargers. We touched on this a little bit. The Cowboys, this rushing attack showed up. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, they showed up and showed out in this game. With Tony Pollard, one oh nine on the ground, and the Cowboys again needing a field goal to win it here at the end, twenty to seventeen. Justin Herbert, just, I mean, dude has been on fire here the first couple weeks of the season as far as passing yards. Now, needs to cut down on the interceptions. He's got three already to compare to two touchdowns. So, maybe need, need to cut those down, but he's throwing it a lot. Uh, 66% completion week one, 75.6 this week. Uh, he did throw two picks in this game. Uh, if you do look at it, 338 and 337 yards through the through the air in both these games. So he's putting up a lot of yards in these first two games 
Just going to have to cut down on the interceptions. The Chargers offensive line has already allowed four sacks through the first two games. We know that's something that they were trying to address in this offseason. So it might take a little bit of time before they really start to really start to gel and start to mesh and find a, a cohesive lineup for that offensive line. I saw Brian Balaga. He's going to be out for a minute. So there's a, there's a problem there. So you're going to find a way to get a line there that can play consistently and protect your franchise quarterback. Because right now, yards-wise, he is killing it. Putting up basically the same amount of yards through the first two weeks. Just got to cut down on those interceptions. Got to protect him better. He's got the weapons. You just got to protect them and hope, and also needs to cut down on the mistakes. Now let's go to Tennessee and Seattle. And I'll tell you my guys' thoughts. I'll tell you my thoughts firsthand. I thought, based off the first half and how that first half ended, I thought, well, listen, Titans are going to go 0-2. I don't know what uh, what we can do. We just got to come back home next week and play Indy pretty well and got to hope that they go 0-2 as well. So that way we can knock them off, get a win here, and also get a division win, which could help the tiebreaker. So first half, I thought, this is it. This is it. And that we were going to go home 0-2 and have to go play Indy. But as Lee Corso says, not so fast, my friends. Because this game changed quick. Now, the Julio touchdown or called back touchdown, listen, it's a touchdown. The, I think, listen, the reasoning they gave about the toe and the heel and all that stuff. I saw somebody brought up, you know, like toe tapping uh, with to make sure the two feet are in bounds and allowing that and all that good stuff. Or letting the toe drag and, and stuff like that. But I think if you look at it, there's a little bit of green. And, I mean, they mentioned it maybe it would have helped if he wore... Straight up icy white cleats, which would have maybe would have helped them say like, yeah, this is a touchdown. We don't have any inconclusive evidence that says it's not a touchdown. So we're just gonna call. We're gonna, just gonna say the play stands. But I thought it was a touchdown. Other than that, Julio had a nice bounce back week. This is the guy that I think you expected to come in, and he just made. Huge play after huge play, getting a bunch of yards, and I mean 128 yards through receiving. No touchdown. That's been the story of Julio, but I, I still think that was a touchdown. But I, you have him showing up. AJ Brown, tough day at the office for him. Had had a few drops, but thankfully Julio was there to make up for it, and boy did he. Uh, but this second half, really, what happened there at that second half, it, it, it was it was kind of crazy how it went down. So the first half, the uh, they take away the Julio touchdown. Tynes had to kick a field goal. Randy Bullock, who besides missing only one field goal, did a pretty good job this week in Seattle at a hostile environment. So props to him. But Seattle goes down the field with around 105 left, and 
They score a touchdown, make it 24-9 to go into halftime and then head into the second half. Tynes come out. Derrick Henry kind of gets going. Tannehill starts to get going a little bit. Tannehill, no touchdowns, but 27-40, 347 through the air. Um, And Henry, we'll, we'll talk about him in a bit, but the Tynes defense, they kind of showed up here in, in this second half, and they've been a story of concern here all last season and through the first couple games here you don't you still don't like to allow 30 points but I mean if you look at it the only points they allowed was pretty much a broken coverage play in which Freddie Swain was running wide open like literally I think you me anyone else could have probably have caught that and just walked in we could have just walked in and it would have been fine we would have no need to run we could we could just walked in based on how bad that coverage was. So that's a backbreaker. It's 30 to 60, but the Seahawks miss a field goal there, or they miss an extra point rather. And that was the last time the Seahawks scored because Derrick Henry showed up. He finally showed up. And what does he do? He has a backbreaking 60-yard play himself, running on the Seahawks, getting getting the Titans close. In, in the red zone. And of course, the Titans, they've been a good red zone team here recently. And so, Henry punches it in. And the game's now 32-23. So, now you're within a touchdown. And, again, props to the Titans defense for holding the Seahawks. I think Derrick Henry had more yards himself than the entire Seahawks offense in the second half. And some of Henry, Henry's yards were catching the ball. You know, that's probably one knock on Henry is that he doesn't catch the ball as much. Well, whenever something wasn't open, Tannehill would check it down to him or they would throw a screen to him and get about, you know, 10, 12 yards. And he made an effect that way and and really kind of backed off that Seahawks defense a bit but again Derrick Henry when 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 you need him when you absolutely need him he absolutely torched them in this second half and now he's leading the league in rushing <laughs> after his abysmal first week last week and a not so good first half this week he comes out the gates and just absolutely goes off on the Seahawks defense and this was a much needed win for the titans winning in overtime 33 to 30 it gets you to one and one gets you your first win you get a win in a hostile environment in seattle first time it's their home opener first time first time they've had fans in a while and you go in that stadium and you knock them off and also the seahawks have been pretty good in september under pete carroll they have barely lost here. I think they've only lost one game in, in the time that maybe, and maybe a, a Russell Wilson stat too, where like he and Russell Wilson have only lost one game in all of September at home. And that they've won every other game since. 
So that that was a huge win for the Titans and gets them to one and one, gets them back in the thick of things. You still got some things you you need to figure out, like maybe this defense can take this second half and start to build upon it the rest of the season because they look pretty good. Christian Fulton was getting in DK Metcalf's head. You see, you still don't like to see Tyler Lockett getting huge plays or broken coverages like the one with Freddie Swain scoring that sixty-eight yard touchdown. But I gotta be honest, the defense impressed me a little bit. They came to play in that second half, and they got a big game against Indianapolis next week. And you can really do a lot of damage to the Colts if you beat them this week, because then you can knock them down to zero and three, and really put them behind the eight ball. And you're sitting pretty at two and one, and with the Colts at zero and three. The Texans, knowing how they are, they are probably not going to be good this year. The Jaguars, they are not going to be good. If you knock the Colts out at 0-3 and you have those two other teams in your division, you're starting to look pretty good right now. And I think the rest of the Titans' schedule is like, I think you got Indianapolis, of course, but then you got the Jets, Zach Wilson struggling a bit, and you also got to play Jacksonville. So, right there... There's, if you beat Indy, there's two more wins right there where you can start off four and one. And that's pretty good compared to how you started the season. And you got two division wins under your belt and you really knocked the teams in your division down a whole lot if that happens. So this was a good game. This was a fun game. It was so long too. I thought it was like, is this going to delay the Indies? Is it? <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, this was, this was a fun game. It, it, it was it was a stressful game, but sometimes those games are the ones that are the best ones that, that are really good. Next, we got to talk about Chiefs and Ravens. Matt's Ravens victorious in this matchup, coming up with a couple of huge plays there. And the Chiefs end up going to one and one. So, sorry, Rebecca. Sorry about that. But uh, I know Matt's really happy, 36-35, compared with what's happened to the Ravens early on with all the injuries and whatnot. This is a good way to bounce back off a week one loss to the Raiders, getting a win here against the Chiefs, and an awesome Sunday night matchup. And Lamar looking looking pretty good, and, and hitting, a, hitting a jump pass in this game for a touchdown. So... Props to Matt, props to the Ravens for coming back this week and beating the Chiefs. And man, if this is an AFC title preview, this should be fun. And then lastly, the Monday night game, Detroit at Green Bay. Detroit actually came out to play and were was up heading into the half. And you were really like, I think there were some people that were really wondering what is going on here? And then Green Bay comes out and is reminded, oh yeah, listen, we're Green Bay. Detroit's not supposed to be that good. Uh, Jared Goff actually had a decent game. and He was pretty accurate for the most part in this game. But Green Bay dominates this second half with uh, and scores 
21 points to win 35-217 with Aaron Jones putting up some nice stats. Devontae Adams doing well. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff, again, 26-36, uh, not too bad. Yards, you want that to be a little bit more. Uh, one interception. And if Jared Goff is leading your team in rushing, you know that's a bad day at the office for the running backs. And so the Packers need, got a much-needed bounce-back win, winning 35-17 to and moving to 1-1. One one. So everybody, that is week number two. A lot of stuff happened in week number two. So let's move on to week number three, and let's see what we have here. The game tonight, Panthers at Texans. We talked about the Panthers a little bit. We talked about the Texans with Davis Mills getting his first start here in week three on Thursday night. I think you got to go with the Panthers. Start off 3-0. and You're playing against a team that's starting a rookie quarterback. I think if you're at the Panthers, you got to take advantage of this and get the win here on Thursday night. And so I think the Panthers will win against the Texans tonight. Let's start with the Sunday slate. Some of the early games. Washington at Buffalo. This is actually a pretty fun game. Josh Allen against this Washington defense. Both these teams. One and one. I think it's at Buffalo. If you're Buffalo, I think you have to win this. I think you got to. Because right now you have Miami sitting here. They're sitting at one one well as well. You just beat them. The Patriots, they're not looking too bad. They're one one as well. And, uh, I mean, you don't have to worry about the Jets, but it would be nice to get a win here over a pretty good defense to start off, start off the, the season and move on to 2-1 and one and get going in the right direction in the win column. So, you know what? I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills here to get the win over Washington. Next up, Colts at Titans. Now, the Colts have been feisty, but they're 0-2. And you have Carson Wentz. We're, we still don't know if he is going to play. If he's not going to play, they are going to be starting second-year quarterback Jacob Eason. He's a guy that is not as mobile as Carson Wentz is. And so, if you're the Titans, you might be able to do something here. And... Maybe get a pass rush on them. Because there's a little bit of a semblance of a pass rush here for the Titans at Seattle in Arizona against Arizona for a little bit before that game got blown out of proportions. But if Carson is good to go, he's going to be playing on two sprained ankles. So how good is he going to be able to go in this game? What percentage is, is he going to be at? And I got to tell you what. I guess seeing the Titans defense has given me a little bit of confidence. Maybe it's unearned. But I'm like, you know, Christian Fulton has really stepped up here recently. And he did a pretty good job against DK Metcalf. Got him going a little bit. And so he's stepping up. Jeffrey Simmons, Alvin Dupree. Uh, you have Bud Dupree coming in. And really doing pretty well while not being 100%. Harold Landry looks like his old self. And so... You know what? I think I'll take the Tines here, although I think this is going to be a close game. It's a divisional game. The Colts, they need this one to get in the win column and not go 0-3. But 
But if you're the Titans here, you have an excellent opportunity at home to take down the Colts. It's not going to be easy, but you got an opportunity here to take it down. You know what? I'll take my team. It might be biased, but I think at the end of the day, I think with what they showed in the second half at Seattle, that, that was huge for them going forward. If you get Taylor Lewan back, that's good. Roger Saffold, who ended up hurt in that game, you get him back, hopefully. So I'll take the Titans here to beat the Colts. Chargers at Chiefs. This is going to be a big one for both these teams to avoid dropping down to one and two. Again, Herbert's been good passing, but he's had a few interceptions here to start off in the first couple weeks. Got to change it. And the Chiefs got a couple interceptions on Lamar early on in that game, but the Ravens end up not paying back for that and end up winning that game. Chiefs, I think if you're at home, you got to win this. You have the home field advantage. You got to take down the Chargers. If you're the Chargers, you got to hope Herbert plays like he has been these first couple weeks, except cut down on the interceptions. And if he does, the Chargers, I think, have a chance to win. But I think the Chiefs, they get a turnover too. That, that kind of changes the game. Maybe they get one early on, but I'll take the Chiefs here to move on to 2-1. and one. Saints at Patriots. I'm intrigued by this game. Jameis, of course, has the awesome first week. Gets humbled in week two against Carolina. The Patriots, they get beat by Miami in week one. And then last week, they completely destroy, I, get, I think, Zach Wilson's confidence early on in his NFL career. And Mac Jones is looking pretty decent right now. So, I'm interested to see how this game is going to unfold. It is going to be at New England. So, right there, New England has the home field advantage in, in this one. I think it'll be interesting to see what Saints team shows up. Is it going to be the team we saw in week one against the Packers? Or is it going to be the team that showed up last week and got absolutely crushed by the Panthers? Right now, the Patriots are a slight favorite in this game. Three, they're around a three-point favorite uh, on the ESPN matchup predictor. They're nearly a 60% favorite. And, you know, I think, you know, I'll take the Patriots. I'll take the Patriots here to win here in week number three against the Saints. But if the Saints win, I'm... I'm curious what Saints team will show up if they do win. Is it going to be a mixture of the two of one of the, te of the teams that we saw the last couple weeks, or is it going to be something different? So I'll take the Patriots here to move on to two and one. Dolphins at Raiders. For the Raiders, a huge one can move on to three and zero. The Dolphins, no two of this week. Jacoby Brissett is no slouch, but he's still a backup quarterback. He's not Tua, and the Raiders, I think, so far have proven to do have have proven to have done pretty well these first couple weeks. Their car's been awesome. Their defense has, has kind of stepped up a little bit. That was a huge question mark coming into the season for the Raiders, but right now they're looking pretty good, and they have an excellent shot here to go three and zero. So I think I'm going to take the Raiders here. I think I'm going to take. My guy Chucky, John Gruden, and Derek Carr, I think they are going to roll on to 3-0 against Miami. This is a good opportunity for them. Right now, they're a huge favorite. 
to win this game. They're favored by four points on some on some betting sites. You do have some injuries. Does Josh Jacobs play? Does Yannick Nagakwe play? But I think overall, I think the Raiders are the better team, I think, right now. And I'll give them the win here against the Miami Dolphins. Next up, we have the Buccaneers at Rams. This one ought to be a fun one. The Buccaneers defense, really good. The Buccaneers offense, really good. They they look like they have not missed a beat. This is going to be probably the premier. Uh, there's probably no probably in that. It's going to be the premier game of that late afternoon slate with those two teams. And the Rams here got a good opportunity to win here. And it's at home. You're playing the defending champs who's bringing everyone back. And they look like they are not missing a beat right now. So you got a good opportunity if you're the Rams. For the Buccaneers, it's a, it's a chance to say, hey, yeah, well, all you teams still did, it, you still got better. We're the defending champs. We got Tom Brady over on our side. We got everyone back. So I'm curious what the line is on this one. I'm going to check what the line is on this one and see what's like. The Rams are favored by 55% on the ESPN matchup predictor. But the Bucks are favored by four and a half on a couple spreads. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. It's really a coin flip, I think. I think I think you wouldn't be wrong if you went either way with how these teams are, have performed the first couple weeks. I think I'm going to take. I'm going to be safe here. I think I'm going to take the Buccaneers to win this game at the Rams and make a statement that they're still the premier team in the NFC Seahawks at Vikings Seahawks need a bounce back win after their overtime loss against the Titans Vikings had a shootout with the Cardinals last week. I did not expect that. Listen, I picked up the Cardinals defensive fantasy and maybe that was because how, how, how well they did against the Titans in week one. So I'm like, you know what? Shoot. Give me, give me the Cardinals defense here in week two. And that went South. Very quickly. This is a shootout. That was a shootout from the beginning. And the Vikings, they end up losing by a point. They end up losing by a point on a missed field goal. And that that was devastating for them. So, huge game for both these teams. I think Seattle is the better team. I think they will bounce back this week. So, give me the Seahawks to come back and win this one in week three. Yeah, Packers at 49ers here as the Sunday night game. Not a bad Sunday night game. Pretty good Sunday night game. With uh, Green Bay obviously coming back and getting a huge win against the Lions and bouncing back and getting them back to a record of 1-1 and getting back to 500. 49ers start off 2-0. and it, it was a, it, you start off with a pretty good win against the Lions, even though that even though the Lions did find a way to come back, had a low scoring victory against the Eagles last week. So what do you bring this week? And it'll be interesting to see what what they do and bring on Sunday night at home. Right now, the 49ers are the favorite to win this game. 
And we'll have to see what Packers team we get this week. We'll have to see. Does Isn't that Packers team from the second half of the Lions game the team that we're going to see the rest of the way? Or are we going to see the Packers team that we saw through the first game and a half of this season? So, you know what? I think I'll take the 49ers in this one. I think I'll take the Niners. And then the last one, NFC East matchup, Eagles-Cowboys, Monday Night Football. I mentioned how much Jalen Hurts has done pretty well so far. First couple games, there's a couple things to clean up with. Cowboys, they're one-to-one. Of course, they played Tampa Bay really well opening night. Have a low-scoring close game against the Chargers that they end up on top in. That Jerry world. I'm not going to get Dallas the benefit of the doubt. I got Dak as my quarterback in fantasy. So I hope he has a bounce back week in this game. And I guess I will pick the Cowboys to move on to 2-0 in the NFC East. So everybody, that's the NFL this week. Let's talk a little college football now to kind of wrap up episode 200 here. So let's move over to the college ranks and discuss some college football. And we're going to start off by what we have been usually doing and starting off in week number three. And how do we start off week number three? Well, we start off with Cincinnati and Indiana. This was a pretty close, fun game for the most part until Cincinnati really kind of got into a groove and found themselves and end up winning on top about uh, winning on top thirty-eight to twenty-four. Uh, it, I remember at one point I, I flipped the game on; it was twenty-three twenty-four, and then all, all of a sudden I found out like Cincinnati came back and they scored fifteen unanswered points, and Cincinnati pulled away thirty-eight to twenty-four. So got that game right. Alabama at Florida, we got that game right, but it wasn't a blowout. The Florida actually hung with Alabama for the most part. They did not back down. So props to Florida for not backing, backing down against the number one team in the land and actually putting up a pretty good fight. Bryce Young, just kind of a, a regular day here, if you kind of look at it, 240 through the air. Of course, I mean, 10 touchdowns. I'm, I mean... So far, I mean, that's pretty good. You know, three touchdowns against Florida. Uh, per- completion percentage, lowest so far of the season. Average of completion, lowest so far. Took a couple sacks in this game. Not the lowest amount of yards that he's thrown for this season. Of course, Mercer against Mercer. You want to get him out before anything happens. But his first start, there are some positives, but not... As, he didn't do as well as that first game against Miami where he threw for nearly 350, had four touchdowns, and was over 70% completion percentage. So, just kind of a pedestrian kind of performance there so far out Bryce Young, but props to Florida for coming out and doing well. Emory Jones for doing pretty decent for Florida. I have to see what direction they want to go with, whether it's going to be him or Anthony Richardson this week against Tennessee. So, uh, you know, I have some thoughts on that game. Uh, they're probably going to be brief. But uh, props to Florida for keeping that game close. 31-29 was the score. But Alabama, they come up on top 
and get a huge SEC victory to start out the season. Michigan State at Miami. Speaking of Miami, I expected Miami to find a way to bounce back and get on the right path, but props to Michigan State. Mel Tucker's got a nice thing going on there. Michigan State's not a bad team here in the Big Ten. And they go to Miami, they knock them off by 21 points, 38-17, despite Derek King for throwing 388 yards. So, Mel Tucker's got Michigan State looking pretty good to start out the season. And listen, with Ohio State taking a loss here early on in the season, I mean, anything is anything is possible. Anything is. I mean, they're 3-0. They're ranked this week. You got a game against Nebraska coming up. Nebraska actually gave Oklahoma a pretty good game this past week. And you got Indiana coming up in a few weeks. Michigan. Uh, you do have Ohio State and Penn State to close out your season. So, good luck with that. But, so far, they can they can build something here if you're Michigan State. You There's something to build upon. And that's a pretty good win that you got at Miami. So, obviously, I picked Miami in that one. I ended up losing that one. Mississippi State and Memphis. I think the story of this game is... Refs did not know what the crap they were doing. I think Mississippi State fans would agree. Memphis fans would agree. They were, the fans were as confused as the refs were. But Memphis ended up winning and coming out on top in this game. And a good win over against an SEC team. Against a team led by Mike Leach who has a good offense. So, good win for Memphis there. Big one here on Saturday night. Auburn, Penn State. You have a wideout game. First wideout game in a, in a couple years for Penn State. Obviously, you guys know Peter was probably amped up and anxious for this game all at the same time. And what does Penn State do? They get a really good victory over Auburn. Beating the number 22 team in the country. Beating them 28-20. to 20. And this is a good build, a good building block for Penn State for the rest of the season. You take down an SEC, a ranked SEC team in the SEC East. that In a division that's tougher than, than the SEC West. So, it's a good win for Penn State. That's a good win. And I know Peter... I know Peter... Got to be happy about how well this Penn State season has started compared to the the travesty that happened last year to start off the season for them. But Penn State, they get the victory there. Uh, I, I got that one as well. Georgia Tech at Clemson. Clemson struggled with Georgia Tech. Clemson is... Clemson's struggling right now. Especially on offense to find an offensive identity. 14-8. It's not what you want to see if you're Clemson and you've been building that offense the way you have been these last few seasons. It's definitely a concern. Tony Elliott's got to figure out something. DJ Ui Ungulale, and it looks like my Heisman pick will not be right this year unless he really turns it on here and they figure something out. 
But so far, there's some concerns here about that Clemson offense that are absolutely warranted. But thankfully for Clemson fans, they get the win here, even though you would have liked to beat Georgia Tech by a whole lot more. USC at Washington. USC, obviously, firing Clay Helton last week. First game without him. And you're starting a freshman quarterback in this game. Jackson Dart, I think is his name. And you're going to Washington State. I know it's Washington State, but still, in that type of situation, it would be tough. They go to Washington State. And they get a pretty good victory there. And I have to pull up the score here once I find it. 45-14. to 14. And so they got a huge win here. And the freshman quarterback, Jackson Dart, 391 yards through the air. Not a bad not a bad game for the freshman there. And not a bad game for USC after what has been surely and probably a tough week for them and what they've been going through. So USC gets a win there, as did I. Oklahoma State and Boise State. Not much commentary about this game, but Oklahoma State end up winning this game beat. And, Getting a pretty good win at Boise State. So they went on the blue turf. There we go. Arizona State at BYU. I watched a bit of this game. And Herm, I'm disappointed. I am disappointed, Herm. You know, I never thought I'd hear those words come out of my mouth. But here we are. 27-17 BYU. But you know what? Props to BYU. They have really come on here. They lost Zach Wilson. You got to figure out who's your quarterback now. And what they do to start out the season, they take down a ranked Utah team at home, and they take down a ranked Arizona State team at home. So they start off at home getting really two nice ranked wins. You get a win over a ranked team that is your rival, your hated rival who you've not won in over a decade against, and you take down a ranked Pac-12 team. A pretty good Pac-12 team with a pretty good coach. So, props to BYU for starting out on the way they have. And they're mo- they're only moving on up. So, maybe they can find themselves in, in, a, in a good conversation here. Later down the line for being ranked higher than they probably deserve. So, there, there's that game. And then, Fresno State at UCLA. We were on the UCLA high for the first couple weeks. They come up short this week and lose 42-37. It kind of felt like that this might have been coming. Because after the high of the first couple weeks, after what they did, and then you have this game at home and you lose to Fresno State with a, with a 13 beside your name. So, tough week there for UCLA. And, you know, I think especially with how they were feeling, with what's happening with their rival when USC uh, you know let the good times roll but uh they did not roll this week and so they go down and lose to Fresno State so with that said with week number three let's talk about week number four and there's some pretty fun games here to talk about and we got a fun one to talk about here Notre Dame and Wisconsin Notre Dame ranked 12th Wisconsin 18th Jack Cohn going back to his alma mater, going back to Wisconsin. Notre Dame has been interesting, to say the least. 
they should have been a couple teams by a whole lot more than they should and than they did. Uh, especially here in the last couple weeks. I mean, remember that close game they had with Toledo here a couple weeks back? So, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know what's up with that. We'll have to see if that rears its ugly head this week at Wisconsin. But this is going to be a fun one. You got Notre Dame ranked 12th, Wisconsin. Big 10 team, 18th, got them at home. I think it's going to be an early game, too. I think, let me pull up uh, the schedule here for week four. And I think, yeah, I think it's probably going to be, yeah, it's going to be an early game. It's going to be an 11 a.m. game, Central Time, on Fox. So that is going to be fun to start out the day with a, a top 25 ranked matchup between these two teams. And so, who am I going to go with? I think I'm going to go with the Badgers here. I think I'm going to go with Wisconsin to do what Wisconsin does, run the ball, play awesome defense, and take down Notre Dame. Again, Notre Dame has had struggles against teams that they probably shouldn't have had. So, give me Wisconsin here to beat Notre Dame. Get themselves a good win. Maybe build up that resume. LSU at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, obviously, they're looking to bounce back this week after losing at Memphis. LSU doesn't quite look the same anymore. So, what's going on there with Coach O? I know that's disappointing with Matt, but I know it's disappointing more with LSU fans considering where they were a couple years ago. So, what happens with this game? What happens with LSU? What happens with Mississippi State? This is probably a bigger game for both these teams than we probably realize at the moment. Mississippi State, they're sitting at 2-1 and one right now with that loss against Memphis being their only loss, a two-point loss right there. And right now, they're the favorite. Right now, Mississippi State is the favorite. LSU... Max Johnson has done pretty well to start out the season. You don't have John Emery, so he's done. Right now, LSU, as far as spread-wise, they're the favorite on the ESPN predictor. Mississippi State is. So, where do I go with this one? Do I go LSU? Do I go Mississippi State? You know what? I think I am going to take Mississippi State. Give me give me Stark Vegas. I know my uh, Mississippi State alum, uh, alumni friends are going to be happy about this. So, give me give me State to beat LSU and move on to 3-1. and one. Texas A&M and Arkansas. Who would have thought Arkansas would be sitting right here at 16th? If I look at it right now, about where Texas was when Arkansas took him down. I, I think Texas was 15th. And right now, Arkansas is sitting at 16. Now, listen, for Arkansas, this is this is critical. Because right now, if you look at Arkansas' schedule, it is tough sledding. Of course, you got A&M this week. They're ranked 7th right now. But the next three weeks after that, they got road games at Georgia, who's currently ranked number 2 in the country. And then you got against a, go against a... High-flying Ole Miss offense. And they're ranked 13th right now. And fortunately for them, they go back home. But they take on Auburn, who right now is sitting around 23rd right now. 
So it's going to be a tough few weeks here for Arkansas. It's going to be rough. If they were to somehow get a win here, this could be a huge boosting type of win for them. And really, that Arkansas-Georgia matchup looks interesting. It looks like it could be a really fun game between an an SEC West team on the rise against an SEC East power. That that could be a fun one. I think A&M is going to win this game. But I can't deny, if Arkansas wins this game, it would be a huge boost for them. For the program, Sam Pittman, to get them moving on up in the SEC West, where they might actually be that second team in the SEC West behind Bama. And maybe it's not A&M by the end of the week. Again, I'm still going with A&M. But, again, I can't deny how big this would be for Arkansas, especially heading into a tough slate that features the number two, the number 13, and the number 23 ranked teams in the country right now. And they're all in your conference, and two of them are on the road. I can't deny it. It would be huge for them. But I'm going with A&M here. Clemson at NC State. You know, NC State has given Clemson, if you look back at it, it, the last few years, even when they had high-flying offenses, they've given Clemson some a couple good games here. They put a couple scares in them. And NC State has a good opportunity here to put a scare in them. Clemson's dropped a little bit. They're ranked ninth now for NC State. This is good for them because this game is at home for them. It's at home for them. They're sitting at 2-1. and one. If they get a win here against Clemson, this would be huge for them. Huge for them and finally taking out Clemson. Clemson, obviously, I mean, they're still going to be the favorite. But this is a good chance for NC State to really get a, I, I think, I think I can say this, a, a program-defining win. For them, beating a top 10 team in Clemson, even though they, the offense, again, is not as high-flying as it has been in years past, but still, I think you take what you can get. I'll still take Clemson here, but I think this game is going to be close, and I think NC State is going to come out fired up and ready to give Clemson a game here at home. Iowa State and Baylor. I think Iowa State will win this game. Iowa State, they obviously took a loss against Iowa a couple weeks back. They want to bounce back from that. And what better way to go against a team in Baylor that's actually taken a couple strides here recently, even though they lost Matt Rule. And so, give me Iowa State to get the win here. UCLA at Stanford. Now, Stanford was the team that knocked off USC a couple weeks back. And UCLA can fall prey to what happened to USC. And for Stanford, this game is different though. This game is going to be at Stanford, so already you've got the home field advantage on your side. So, I think I will take an upset. I think I will take Stanford to go and take the upset. I may be playing around a little bit too much here, but you know what? I'll, I'll say screw it. I'll take Stanford here. Tennessee at Florida. Listen, you guys I'm, you know how much I love my balls. Listen, 
Florida's going to win this game. Florida's definitely going to win this game. I hate they put it at the ESPN primetime slot where I have to wait all day just to see for us to get beat down by Florida. I hate that. I would rather them just put it at the 11 o'clock slot. Like, get this over with, please. The sooner this gets over with, the sooner I don't have to think about it. All right? Instead, they're going to be putting this game at primetime on ESPN to where now I have to think about this pretty much right when I go to bed, too. So, thank you, ESPN, for screwing me and all Tennessee fans the world over. But Florida's going to win this game. I think what would constitute a positive game for Tennessee is just play hard, play with a lot of fire, and show me something. Show uh, show, show me something, show ball fans something, show everybody something, and show them that you're not going to go down fighting, and you're, you're going to compete for the whole game for four quarters, and give Florida... Uh, yeah, you may get blown out by Florida, but just uh, play them tough. What's the worst that can happen? I think what would constitute a decent score for Tennessee if they were to find themselves in this game. I think, listen, 14 points I think would be fine. If you lose by 14 points, that means you probably showed a little bit something in that game that, that, that you can take away from and that you can build on. I, I think anything over that would be... Listen, it's around the spread. So the spread I think I last saw was 17 and a half. So listen, if it's anything under the spread, I think that's a victory for Tennessee fans. You take that all day long. But uh, I think Florida will win this game. Next game, Nebraska at Michigan State. You know, Nebraska gave gave Oklahoma again. They gave them a tough game. Whole lot tougher than I thought. A whole lot tougher than probably a lot of other people thought. But I like what Michigan State is doing. They're building a, a nice thing there. Mel Tucker is. So give me Michigan State to continue on this hot streak that they're on. And speaking of Oklahoma, West Virginia and Oklahoma are this week as well. Big 12 matchup. I just think Oklahoma has too much firepower here. So I will take the Sooners here to win. And then the final game. Arizona at Oregon, who's ranked number three now. Might be a game to watch out for if you're Oregon. Could be a trap game. But I th- I think Oregon, in the end, should come out with the victory here. So I think Oregon's going to win this one and continue a good start to their season. So, everybody, there's college football. And that's episode 200. The first one of the 200s is in the books. So... I just want to take a moment to say thank you guys for being here for episode 200. It's been a long road, and think about it. I mentioned up at the top, it's been two years since we did episode 100 and had Facebook Live. It's been a little over now, four years since me, Peter, and Matt, we started on this journey together with a new revamped Views podcast. And now here we are four years later, episode 200. Yeah, some things have changed a little bit, but we're still rolling along. So I just want to say thank you, whether you listen for five uh, five seconds, five minutes, 25 minutes, or stay throughout the whole podcast, whether it's been, you know, 50 minutes, an hour and a half, or whether it's over, whether it's a a two-hour pod on here or on entertainment. I just want to say thank you guys for sticking around for this long. 
It means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to the guys as well for sticking around this long. And speaking of the guys, I just want to give a shout out. Thank you to Matt. Thank you to Peter for sticking around four years with me on this through 200 episodes. Again, I know some things have changed. So, some work. So, uh, sometimes you move. Things change around schedule-wise. But I just want to say thanks to them for being on with me, being on this journey for four years, and being able to contribute to views, entertainment. Also, I want to give a shout-out to anybody that's ever appeared as a guest on either views or entertainment. Again, entertainment was kind of born out of views. Uh, that and the last Jedi movie. So I just want to give a shout out to Matt, Peter, and everybody that's appeared on any one of the podcasts, whether it's Charles, Jace, Rebecca, anyone else. I appreciate you guys for coming on, giving, spending a little your bit of your time with with us, and just hanging out and just talking about sports, movies, any, anything like that. Just say thank you for coming on, spending a little bit of your time, and hanging out with us. But we're going to keep on rolling along here with the 200s. We're only just getting started here. And uh, we got some more football to talk about next week with episode 201. So we're going to keep rolling along here as much as we can. And speaking of entertainment, we're going to be talking a little bit of entertainment. I think next week, I don't want to make any promises right now, but from what me me and Peter have been discussing, it might be close to being time for the first episode of our What If DCEU series that we are planning and trying to figure out as we go along. And it looks like right now, he's setting up the first episode. It looks like that first episode might be, we might be trying to take that next Saturday and maybe have that come out to you the following week. Hopefully that we that's going to be the plan. Uh, if not, we'll be coming around a little bit later. But right now, it's looking pretty w- good that we might be taping that first episode next week and dropping it the the following week. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one on the entertainment channel. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be talking about a couple other things on entertainment as well. There's a big thing going on in Hollywood right now. You may potentially have a huge shift in Hollywood right now with what's going on. There may be a potential strike that may be going on. If you haven't kept up with that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, trust me, you're going to want to find out and read about it. So be sure to go look it up. So we might be talking about that and how big that will be. It it might be bigger than the writer strike from several years back. So again, if you haven't, been tuned into that be sure to go check that out and read up on it it's uh it could be pretty damaging here for what might be happening in the movie industry tv industry for a while unless something gets done so might be talking about that and other stuff on entertainment we got venom coming out next week everybody venom let there be carnage i'm excited about it i'm excited to see carnage finally and live action and there's been a post-credit scene that they've teased that got audiences really hyped up. So I'm interested to see what that is. I kind of got a clue of what uh, what that could be. It could only be a thing from a Venom movie, from a Venom movie, 
that would get people hyped up for future stuff with the character. There's only one thing I can think of with that. So I'm interested to see what that is and if that is what I'm thinking will happen. So a lot of stuff coming down the entertainment pipeline. A lot of stuff coming down the abuse pipeline as well. Be sure to go follow us on all the podcasting platforms. Whatever your preferences. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor. Thanks to Anchor for sponsoring us through, I think I want to say from around that time when we did the 100th episode. Pretty close to it. So thanks to Anchor for sponsoring us from that time uh, to now. So shout out to them for doing that. So be sure to go check it out, the podcast out on there again. You guys know all the podcasting platforms, so be sure to go check us out there. Subscribe, keep up with us, and share it as well. Be sure to go check out the podcast Twitter account, 573Pods. You'll find the links for these pods and all of our other pods there as well, if you want to check those out. So, that'll do it for us here, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in, and until next week, talk to you next time.